Ah, mmm. The first taste of rare bourbon you finally got your hands on. That's nice. At Caskers.com, we make this experience easy. Caskers is a one-stop spirit curator with an impressive selection of exclusive sought-after rare and household names in the realm of premium spirits and champagne. Discover the top flavors of the year now by going to Caskers.com and using code WELCOME10 for $10 off your first purchase. Get $10 off your first purchase with code WELCOME10 at Caskers.com. It's time for the Newsmax Daily from Newsmax, America's fastest-growing cable news channel. Now, now, here's your host, Rob Carson. Still feeling a little bit under the weather, and I have been for about a month and a half. I don't know what the deal is. I've been tested for COVID twice. Both times, no. Although I did get tested yesterday, and I'm waiting for the results. I have been under you know, some sort of illness for the last month and a half. It's been uh, uh, throat, respiratory, the whole deal. And I went to New York City, and I came back, and now I'm feeling crappy again. So I went and got tested. I'm waiting for the test results. And here's the thing that sucks about it. And I explained it to my doctor yesterday. There are reasons why I have not taken the vaccine, and they're not political. If you have comorbidities, you should get the vaccine. One of the, the biggest comorbidities is age. But you see, when I was 31 years old, I had strep throat, and I had 104-degree temperature. And I woke up one morning, and I had pain in my left arm and my chest. And I went, whoa, what's going on? And I remember beginning to lose consciousness. I went to the phone. I called the emergency room where I was the day before, and they said, call 911. You're having a heart attack. And I walked out to the front yard of my house because for some reason I had the clarity to say, I don't want the paramedics to have to try to jockey a gurney out the front door. So I went out and I laid down in the door. I looked up and I began to lose consciousness. And I said, God, don't let me die. And the next thing I remember, my wife grabbed me by the arm and sat me up. And it felt like cool water to all my extremities. And I went to the hospital. And they checked the blood enzyme levels, and it turned out I had a mitocardial infarction. This is very tough to take, considering I've always been a fitness buff, and I could bench press 400 pounds at age 31. And after that day, I was told I couldn't push too hard in the bathroom. And I explained this to my doctor yesterday. He said to me, why haven't you got the vaccine? I said, well, here. And I told him, and he goes, oh, yeah, you don't want the vaccine. When you consider the uh, the morbidity rate of someone who doesn't have comorbidities, who's in his mid-50s, 99.7% survivability. So what would I rather have? The possibility of myocarditis after carrying a, a, a vial of nitroglycerin in my pocket and beta blockers for an entire year as a 31-year-old? I came back. I went back to the gym. I became stronger than ever. And that's why I haven't taken it. So I don't know if I have COVID. I know that I had a little bit of a fever the night before last. I know that I've had um, some coughing. I know that uh, uh, this morning I had some tomato soup and I couldn't taste it very well. And, you know, the same thing happens when you get a cold. When you, you, you plug your nose and eat some tomato soup, you won't taste it. So I don't know what the hell to believe. And I'm talking to my doctor, and my doctor said, can I get hydroxychloroquine? I hear it's a great prophylaxis. And I've talked to my, my producer, Ken. He had the Rona a month ago. He got hydroxychloroquine. 
ivermectin, and he kicked its ass in 24 hours. The same way with my imaging guy, Dave. That he got, he got it. He's my age. Same thing. Same thing that Donald Trump took. Same thing that Joe Rogan took. It's not horse dewormer. They test drugs on animals first before they give them to humans. It's not uncommon. But my doctor is saying he's having a hard time getting anyone to give me hydroxychloroquine. Even though it has been prescribed 500 million times. So I don't know what to expect today. I do know this. My wife and kids have been vaccinated. My wife is home from work today. She's waiting on my results. Because if she's been exposed to, uh, to COVID, she needs to get a test even though she's been vaccinated. And if she's found to be positive, even though she's been vaccinated, she can't go to work for 10 days. So that's what's going on in Rob's world. How are things in yours? How are things in yours? You see, I refuse to get down this holiday season, even if I get uh, told that I have corona today. Because there's too much to live for. There's too much awesomeness in this country. And just because we have a senile doofus in the White House doesn't mean that I have to be a part of his stinking malaise. And if you listen to what is coming out of Washington, D.C., and I'm saying... Mostly from both parties. There were some on the Republican side who are different, but all we're getting is darkness. All we're getting is darkness, uh, negativity. There's no light at the end of the tunnel. And I'm not going to live that way. Are you? I'm not going to live this way. And everything that Joe Biden touches turns to crap, including the economy. That game of numbers made even more clear by the latest consumer price index, showing gas prices up a whopping 58% from this time last year, and food more expensive than it's been in decades, and up 6.4% over the last year. This is not happening in any other countries that have the same supply chain issues like Japan. It's only America because we're printing money and we are driving down the value of our currency and we are driving up inflation. Numbers also weighing on the White House, where a new ABC Ipsos poll shows they don't care. 69% of Americans disapprove of how President Biden is handling inflation. An NPR Marist poll showing 65% of independents believe the country is headed in the wrong direction. 65% of Americans say we're headed in the wrong direction. Too bad, so sad, Joe. Your lies are catching up with you. Here is Jim Gossett. It sucks to be you. It sucks to be you. Your polls are way down. You look like a clown. Joe Biden, you're through. Reverse minus touch. That's what he does. That sock is a tooth. Kamala's a fool. You couldn't try harder to be Jimmy Carter. You make him seem cool. Of presents I've seen, you're the most obscene. son was a schmuck, Clinton liked a lie, yeah, LBJ yeah, yeah. was me. You've been in D.C. 50 years long on everything you have been wrong. It sucks to be you. Red states won't turn blue in 22. Not even we close. hope these truths to be self-evident. All men and women created by the goal. You know the, you know the thing. Nobody else could be this bad as President. 
You are quite sad, Biden. It sucks to be you. You have no clue. It sucks to be you. Jim Gossett. Two S's and two T's, JimGossettComedy.com. Everything he touches turned to crap. And does this surprise any of us? He's been in Washington, D.C. for 50 years, and the same problems are there that were there when he got to D.C., except for they've gotten worse. He's done nothing to make the country better. Why are we still saying we need infrastructure? Why are we still saying that our schools are broken? Why are we still saying that the IRS is broken? Why are we still saying that all of these things are still broken? Why the hell hasn't Washington, D.C. fixed them? Why hasn't this man fixed this? He's been there for 50 years. Nancy Pelosi's been there for 40 years. I could go on and on. The thing is, they move to Washington, D.C., they end up spending the rest of their lives telling us how to live ours, and they could give a rat's behind about you. Once they get there, they're in like Flynn. And once they leave office, they're going to become lobbyists. They're going to make tons of money. Uh, people go from Congress to the private sector to lobbying companies. People go from the NIH and the CDC to Big Pharma and make hundreds and thousands and billions of dollars. And nobody gives a damn about you and me. We are living a tale of two cities, and we have for decades. We are the proletariat. We are the lowly crumb eaters. And we have a ruling elite like they do, like Russian oligarchs in Washington, D.C. People who become multi, multi, multi-millionaires, ex-presidents who become hundred millionaires like Barack Obama and Bill Clinton. And they never created anything, and they never brought anything to market, and they never had an idea. Bernie Sanders. And then, after all of this negative press, and even the left saying, Joe, you're really messing things up. So the Biden administration uh, goes out and sends three minions to talk to the press and say, you've got to be nicer to the president. And what do they do? What do they do? They do exactly what they're told. Jim Cramer from CNBC uh, is a prime example of that. He did that the other day. And then I read today that Kamala Harris is being ridiculed for a puff piece on her office decorations. Just days after columnists said the press was treating the Biden administration as badly as Trump and the White House asked reporters for better coverage. So she sat down with a wide-ranging interview with the San Francisco Chronicle, her hometown outlet. San Francisco, where heroin needles uh, are like, they, they drift like snowdrifts and piles of human feces. They literally have them on maps so you can avoid them. One portion published last night devoted all seven paragraphs exclusively to the design choices Harris made in her office with no mention of the issues. Also didn't answer questions on if she learned anything in the very first year as vice president or if she would have done anything differently. Well, here's the thing. With her first year in office, she hasn't done anything. She hasn't done anything. She's the border czar. She said she was going to get to the uh, the heart of the issue as far as the border is concerned. And she's done nothing, including, including go to Guatemala and talk to the president of Guatemala. Hasn't talked to the president of Guatemala. The Northern Triangle countries, which she says is the source of the issue, has not talked to the president in six months as the border czar. Is Vice President Harris still in charge of addressing the root causes of migration from El Salvador, Honduras, and Guatemala? 
she is, and I just announced a, a commitment that she's announcing this afternoon. So then why is it that she has not spoken to the president of Guatemala since? Uh-oh, Jen's being Jen Starkey. Dude, six months. Well, I know that I, I did see this kind of strange report uh, from the president of Guatemala saying that uh, he's had no contact with the White House, which is inaccurate. No, he, didn't uh, he said uh, Vice President Harris he has not spoken to her. And if she's in charge, why Why is that? Yeah, why is that, Jen? Let me, let me hear you spin this there, Jen. Well, we have had a range of conversations, Peter, I think as reflected in our readout. we put This out- is what happens when you put academics in charge. And I had this conversation when I was in New York City at Newsmax. I said, when academics and Democrats have meetings, they sit and they mentally masturbate for hours and never accomplish anything. And they they break and they go and nothing happens. But they had the meeting. They checked in. Now, you can imagine a meeting with Donald Trump and his cabinet. When you went to the meeting, you got it done. When I was at Newsmax, we had a 15-minute meeting. It was a strategy meeting. It was not a, an hour, two-hour meeting where we all sat around and we threw out ideas and esoteric things like a faculty lounge and all this. It was, okay, Joe, what do you got? Okay, that's cool, great. Uh, Bill, what do you got over here? Susan, anything over here? Okay, we got to get on that. And you did it in 15 minutes, and you know what they did? They went out and did it. That's why the network is kicking butt. But the writer for the uh, San Francisco Chronicle devoted seven paragraphs to Harris's artworks, family photographs, and four entire sentences talking about a portrait of Thurgood Marshall. Unbelievable. And here's what, here's what she said to the, uh, even though she's doing nothing in her job. She said, there's nothing about the job that's supposed to be easy. It's something, it's come to me, it's because it needs to be addressed. And because by definition, it's not going to be easy. If it was easy, it would have been handled before it comes to me, she said. Oh, and then she added, I love people, and there's so much that we are doing that is directly impacting and with the people in mind. Well, you love people, but everybody you work with hates you. But, you know. If you complain about Kamala Harris not doing her job and say, hey, man, maybe there's a reason why she's less popular than psoriasis, well, you're a racist. If you oppose CRT, which teaches your kids to hate one another and hate kids of color, and if you're a kid of color, you got to hate white kids, well, you're a racist. If you choose not to take the vaccine for health reasons or possibly religious reasons, you're a vaccine denier, and people want you to die. If you doubt the 2020 elections, you are a conspiracy theorist. If you think that the Wuhan virus uh, came from a lab in Wuhan, where the virus came from, where they were experimenting with gain of function to turn bat viruses into human viruses, and you say, well, no kidding, look, you're a conspiracy theorist. Anything that you say that the government disagrees with, anything that you say on social media, if it is called disinformation or misinformation, chances are you stumble on the truth. And John Stossel is suing Facebook. And Facebook has admitted in court that their fact checks on information aimed at conservatives are nothing more than statements of opinion. They outsource censorship to third-party fact-checkers made up of liberal media organizations and nonprofits. You're being censored because of your political ideology. You were taken off Facebook. You were taken off YouTube. You were taken off Twitter because some people 
in left-leaning organizations want to censor you. And this is shameful, considering that we have the First Amendment, the greatest piece of individual legislation in the history of mankind, which guaranteed more freedom of expression than the world has ever seen and ushered in a new era of freedom and created the greatest engine of economic and individual freedom in the history of mankind. If it weren't for the First Amendment, you'd still be crapping in a shed outside of your house and you'd be riding a horse to work. But the media and mainstream media and the Democrat Party choose to take this glorious amendment and throw it away. So John Stossel did a climate crisis uh, video, and uh, it was called Are We Doomed? And it basically said that all of the climate, uh, it's not saying that the world isn't warming, but there's no massive extinction of the of the species, is which, which is the left, and Greta Thunberg is trying to say. Now, that video received 24 million views on Facebook. After the second Facebook smear, viewership stopped. Facebook dropped them. Facebook limited their reach because they didn't like the narrative. Because a third party, not a fact checker, an opinion maker, a censor, said that John Stossel needed to be shut down because their truth, uh, his truth, was not their truth. And I'm going to tell you, and I'm going to share some of this uh, audio with John Stossel in a second after the top of the hour. But for me, I had a, a, a network of 29 Facebook pages, 19 million followers. And on October 31st of 2018, Facebook took them all away. And the man who put together that network spent $250,000 on reach. All of it went away. Every dime, no uh, recourse, no refund, nothing. And this is where Facebook has screwed so many people. And they started banning people, uh, you know, like Ann Coulter from speaking like Ben Shapiro from speaking and and they allowed uh, speech that was not popular um, like for instance a conservative speech to be called racist and then it became white supremacist then it became verboten and then it became violent now I'm going to tell you something that may shock you Facebook Twitter and YouTube do not have to honor your First Amendment rights they do not well, Rob, what are you saying then? Are you, you're contradicting what you said. No, here's the problem. You see Facebook for a decade and Twitter for a decade and YouTube for a decade took your money, took your money, took your money. Facebook, your boosts and posts and stuff like that. And then they saw started seeing reach. And then they saw started seeing things like uh, the walk away movement, which had a half a million members, people walking from the Democrat Party, and it disappeared right after the election. And then they saw like my network of conservative uh, sites that were reaching 19 million people. They were reaching too many people. So they took the money that it took to build those audiences, and then it made the pages disappear. That is a breach of contract that is censorship. And Facebook is doing everything they can to uh, avoid any responsibility for it. The company, which now calls itself Meta, uh, asked the judge to toss the lawsuit that John Stossel has brought because Section 230 of the Communications Decency Act protects Meta from liability for material posted to the Facebook platform by third parties. Here is uh, John Stossel talking about who is doing the censoring on Facebook, and it's not because your facts are wrong. Your facts can be perfectly fine. It's just not the facts that Facebook wants you to be able to publish. To do the fact-checking, Facebook partners with groups like these, all of them approved by something called the Pointer Institute. 
He calls himself a global leader in journalism and claims it has. A commitment to nonpartisanship and fairness. But they're hardly nonpartisan. Just look at their website. Their eagerness to honor left-leaning reporters and their push to decolonize the media and change language shows their leftist bias. Pointer once even apologized after it tried to blacklist conservative news sites. Yet absurdly, this is who Facebook partners with to certify who will censor all of us. It's never been about facts. It's always been about censoring conservatism. Science feedback run by this man who says his censors will cleanse the internet. Cleanse the internet. I do believe they did some cleansing in the former Soviet Union with regard to speech and re-education camps and, I don't know, murder and death and prisoners and all that. He's the censor. Sacre bleu, you suck. In chief. His group objected to this article John Tierney wrote that said masking children can be harmful. More than 10,000 parents said that masks were giving their kids headaches, making it hard. You couldn't say on Facebook that masks on your children all day were bad for them, even though they are essentially wearing a diaper on their face uh, and breathing the waste that their body exhales over and over and over again. For them to concentrate. Tierney simply cited a study which later passed peer review that said masks sometimes cause problems. Everything I wrote was accurate, and yet they labeled it partly false. They said the study he cited wasn't good enough because it's not a random sample. Parents' comments may not be representative of the general population. But Tierney had acknowledged that. It's obviously not a random sample. You said that. I said that in the piece. They censored him anyway. This partly... Spoiled little liberal academics bringing what they brought and learned at campus to the private sector. False label is nasty because it leads Facebook to stop showing Tierney's work to many people. Uh-huh, it does. Bruce in Baltimore is on the phone. Hello there, Bruce, and welcome to the Rob Carson Show. What's up? Good afternoon. Merry uh, Christmas, sir. William F. Buckley, most people consider him the father of modern-day conservatives. Yes. Well, this was probably late 60s, early 70s. Yeah. I'd rather trust the running of the government. It's a quote from him. I'd rather trust the running of the government by the first 400 people in a Boston telephone directory than I would Harvard <laughs> University faculty. Yes, yes, yes. Absolutely. That's perfect. That's perfect, Bruce. Thanks for the phone call, buddy. Appreciate it. And why is this climate change agenda? Why can't you speak out against it? Why can't you say that the world is not ending? There's a lot of folks who are very emotionally invested in the climate catastrophe argument. Partly, it makes it a lot easier to get people to donate money and to accept that politicians are spending their tax dollars. on Fear is a powerful uh, weapon. Climate policy, if it's the end of the world. We are in the beginning of a mass extinction. They have a mission outside just facts. They also want you to not know stuff. That's not fact check. That's Soviet Union. That's simply saying we don't want to hear this opinion in the public space. And quite frankly, that's terrifying. And that's why the big social media companies need to be blown up figuratively and reinvented. That's why I am on Getter, G-E-T-T-R, at Rob Carson Show. And when Donald Trump's social media platform launches, I am so freaking all over it. And these people, like Mark Zuckerberg, are going to go down in history as censors, as little Stalins. <sighs>
All right. So the border crisis marches on. Uh, U.S. Court of Appeals uh, rejected a renewed attempt by the Biden administration to end the Remain in Mexico policy. Uh, Mark Morgan, who just happens to be, uh, he served as acting commissioner of U.S. Customs and Border Protection in the Trump administration, also a visiting fellow, I've never been one of those, in the Davis Institute for National Security and Foreign Policy at the Heritage Foundation. Did I get it right, Mark? Bob, you sure did. I tell you what. It's, it's hard to put that on a business card, so you can just call well, me the acting commissioner. <laughs> well, the, the, the question that is burning in the minds of everyone listening is, does Mark Morgan believe that Die Hard is a Christmas movie? Uh, absolutely. One of my favorite top ten all-time Christmas movies. <laughs> That's all I needed to hear. All right, so let's talk about this, the Remain in Mexico policy. What's going yeah, on? Uh, yeah, so look, uh, I, I remain a healthy skeptic, and I think I, I have the statistics, facts, and rhetoric from this administration why I'm a healthy skeptic. Look, first of all, they slow-rolled it. Uh, the the uh, political appointees uh, and, and the ideologues in this administration – have basically dismissed the career officials that are ready. All they had to do was take a, a page out of the Trump playbook where we implemented that, and they could have had this reinstated probably four months ago. They've drugged their feet. They're only now beginning to implement it only because they know they cannot slow roll anymore. They would be in direct violation of the court order. But even then, they've only implemented it in one of the nine sectors, in El Paso, and my sources are telling me that they've actually enrolled under 30 illegal aliens in the program. So uh, it, it's, it's not going to have any lasting impact as long as they continue to slow roll it and they're not implementing it to its full extent, which they need to. Mark, I don't know, and, I, and I've been saying that for the last uh, 11 months, the American people have been forced to suffer some unbelievable indignities. One of them was the withdrawal from Afghanistan that 70% of Americans, and I'm sure more veterans and active duty uh, service personnel, consider to be humiliating. Uh, you've got also this, this idiotic supply chain and inflation uh, uh, problem that could have been fixed. Joe Biden went to the West Coast, said let's keep open 24-7. All they did was move ships 150 miles offshore. There are as many ships out there. And then the ultimate indignity is the invasion of our southern border where the sovereign duty of the federal government is to protect our borders and citizens. This is an indignity, Mark. Would you not say that? I, I tell you what, Rob, not only would I say that, I, I couldn't have said it better myself. I, everything you just said, you're, you're listening to understand, I, I agree with. Look, well, why do I, I even have you on, then? Well, I'm just you know kidding. What, you don't need to. <laughs> <laughs> you're well informed. Your staff is doing a good job. <laughs> Go ahead, man. Go ahead. Look, look, look what... what and this is what I like to do. Let's let's take opinions out of it. Let's look at data and facts. This yeah. calendar year, two million apprehensions. Think about that, you li- listeners. Just 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 pause for a second. Two million apprehensions this calendar year. It's the largest in our lifetime. This administration took the most secure border we've seen in our lifetime, and they destroyed it overnight with a political pen. Let me give you another stat: six hundred thousand gotaways. That's the number of illegal aliens that have broken to our uh, uh, southern border and evaded apprehension and made their way to every town, city, and state. But, Rob, 600,000, that's the size of the state of Vermont in the last 12 months that have broken in our country 
snuck in and evaded apprehension. Mark, also absolutely unconscionable. You know what's really, uh, really unconscionable is that thirty-eight percent increase in overdose deaths in the country. Now we've been yep. focusing on uh, COVID, and COVID frequently uh, uh, will, you know, contribute to the deaths of elderly people. These are killing our kids. Uh, these are killing young people. Uh, and and a one hundred thousand people died of overdose deaths in this country. Another indignity. Yeah, Rob. I, again, couldn't agree more. Look, and this is why I've said since day one. This the, here's one of the many false narratives that they want you to believe that somehow we we have like this thing called border security over here, and then separate and apart is this thing called illegal immigration. That's a lie. It's one of many lies. This is first and foremost about border security, of which illegal immigration is simply one subset of the vast set of complex threats and crises we face from outside our borders. When you open your borders up to one crisis, one threat, i.e., you know, two billion illegal aliens, you pull very limited border tour resources off the line to be daycare providers, bus drivers, and processing agents. It leaves large areas of the border unmonitored, unsecured, and wide open. What happens? Drugs are pouring through our southwest border, killing our citizens. Gang members are pouring in. Criminal aliens are pouring in. And here's another false narrative, Rob. What comes across our southwest border does not stay at the southwest border. If you have a meth overdose in Florida, Vermont, uh, Montana, I guarantee you that meth came from our open borders on the southwest border because of this administration. Yesterday, we found out that uh, Kamala Harris, according to the uh, Guatemalan, uh, Guatemalan president, has not talked to him since June. She's the border czar. The only thing I could say of her is that she is an incompetent uh, and I, I'm, I'm afraid she's actually doing what she was told to do. Yeah, I, I don't disagree. And look, I, I saw the White House press secretary Saki talk about that, saying, oh, there have been multiple discussions. Again, root causes. Oh, I mean, Rob, come on. Bull discussions, crap. root Bull causes, it, it's, it's insulting to the American people. Look, we know what the root causes are. We've known what the root causes are for decades. First of all, one of the greatest root causes is that America is the best country in the face of the planet. The, yeah. the other one is, have we not learned anything? We cannot change the face of another country. We don't have to look farther than Afghanistan. We're not going to change the yeah. culture and the economic conditions of a country. That's why our strategy cannot be reliant on an other country's root causes. Our strategy has to be, first and foremost, to defend and secure our borders and address the illegal immigration, illegal immigration crisis at home. That should yeah. be our priority. That was our priority under the Trump administration, and it was working. Well, it's amazing that these uh, these countries are bleeding their most valuable natural resource, which is human beings. Uh, and I have a, I have to the Northern Triangle countries and all the countries uh, sending their prisoners and and population here. How about trying to suck less? How about looking at our constitution and say, "Holy crap, maybe we should try that." Again, I completely agree. And let's go back about the resources. I, I when I was commissioner, okay, I did go down to the Northern Triangle countries. Yep. I talked. To the leaders of all three of the Northern Triangle countries or my counterparts. And here's something that they said, all three of them, independently and separately. And they looked at me and said, Commissioner, can you do us a favor? Can you stop keeping our kids, the future of our country? Because of our broken law says, if you're an unaccompanied minor from a non-contiguous country like Central America, our law says we have to keep you. It's Mark, absurd. What did Donald Trump tell you to say to those leaders? What did he tell you to say? What were his directives? I want to hear it from the horse's mouth. What did Donald Trump say to you to stop the border crisis? And you did it successfully. 
So, so look, I, 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 this is my stance. I, I, I always shy away from saying specifically what the president told gotcha, me in gotcha. conversations. Yeah. But, but here's what I'll tell you, though. This is what the president supported. He supported a United States taking control uh, and securing our borders. He did not look to other countries to secure our borders. And he came from a position of strength and leverage. That's why you saw unprecedented cooperation from the government of Mexico and the Northern Triangle countries, whether through the Remain in Mexico program or the asylum cooperative agreements that we reached with all three Northern Triangle countries. Those are agreements that we had never seen before. And we saw these countries step together and address this as a regional crisis like we've yeah. never had before. Unprecedented yeah. cooperation because President Trump said, we're securing our borders. You're either going to be on board or you will pay the consequences. I love it. I love it. Well, listen, Mark, I greatly appreciate your uh, your input today. Acting Commander, Former Acting Commissioner of U.S. Uh, Customs and Border Protection in the Trump administration. On Twitter, by the way, at uh, CBP Mark Morgan. Anywhere else people can find you on social media? You know, they can go to uh, a Heritage uh, yes, a website yes. as well as a FAIR website. All right. Well, watch uh, watch uh, Die Hard, will you? <laughs> I've I, I got it. I, I wrote it down right now. I'm probably going to watch it tonight. All right. God bless you and Merry Christmas, brother. You bet. Thanks. Women in children's hospitals in one of the birthing centers in Vancouver had 13 stillbirths in 24 hours. In Waterloo, Ontario, I have more reliable statistic. There were 86 stillbirths between January and July. Normally, it's only five or six stillbirths every year. So about one stillbirth every two months is the usual rate. To get 86 stillbirths in six months, that's highly unusual. But the most important confirmation that we have from the Waterloo, Ontario report was that all of the 86 stillbirths were vaccinated. Do you think that maybe this is why women who are pregnant are leaving their jobs or women who want to become pregnant are leaving their jobs rather than being subjected to the vaccine? Do you think maybe that could be part of it? I'm thinking that could be part of it. I found this on the Sebastian Gorka's uh, Twitter page. I won't play the whole thing, but this is a very dystopian and also uh, very real. It is meant to make a point, and it makes a point with facts. I'm going to post it on my, on my social media. I'm on Getter, G-E-T-T-R, at Rob Carson Show. And you can also find me on Twitter. Otherwise, you know, I'm all over the place. But listen to this. We need you to stay in your home for a couple weeks. It's for the greater good. We need you to close your business just for a short time. It's for the greater good. We need you to stay home just a little bit longer than two weeks. It's, it's for the greater good. It is, yeah. We need you to wear this on your face. It's, it's for the greater good. We need you to wear two of these on your face. It's for the greater good. We need you to inject this into your body. It's for the greater good. Yeah, yeah. We need you to spend the holidays alone. It's for the greater good. Remember last year? Remember when people couldn't go to their grandparents or parents' funerals? You must inject this into your body. If you want to feed your family, it's for the greater good. We need you to stop eating that. It's not good for the environment. It's for the greater good. You know, red meat. I'm sure they love the fact that red meat is double what it was last year. We need you to stop driving your car and flying. It's for the greater good. Meanwhile, we drive in motorcades and fly in private jets. We need you to stop heating your home so often. It's for the greater good. Meanwhile, uh, people like Bernie Sanders have five homes. We need you to stop saying that. 
It's hurting some people's feelings. This is for the greater good. Yeah, this is the left, guys. This is the left on the march. This is the moist dream of the class of 1968. We're seeing it everywhere, and it's doing a faceplant. It's doing a faceplant. Thanks for listening today. Please share with others. Make sure to check out my show on Newsmax, which is called Rob Carson's What in the World. If you go to NewsmaxTV.com, you can see the archive if you missed last week's episode. In the meantime, God bless you. God bless our military. God bless our police. Remember Ashley Babbitt, and above all, don't catch the stupid. Thanks for listening to the Newsmax Daily with Rob Carson. Check your cable guide or NewsmaxTV.com. Or watch free on YouTube, Roku, Apple, Pluto, Zumo, Amazon Fire, and your smart TV. Newsmax, America's fastest-growing cable news channel. Check NewsmaxTV.com for details. Ah, hmm. The first taste of rare bourbon you finally got your hands on. That's nice. At Caskers.com, we make this experience easy. Caskers is a one-stop spirit curator with an impressive selection of exclusive sought-after rare and household names in the realm of premium spirits and champagne. Discover the top flavors of the year now by going to Caskers.com and using code WELCOME10 for $10 off your first purchase. Get $10 off your first purchase with code WELCOME10 at Caskers.com.